All right, welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I have a very, very special guest. I'm so happy to have this man in my kitchen, uh, Mr. Tim Howe. I said your name right, right? Of course you did. I'm so psyched to have you. I did a crazy deep dive on you, and I've hung with you a bunch of times, and I had no idea that you have Tourette's or yep. OCD. I, knew, yep. I never even knew that shit, so I did such a deep dive on you and all the stuff you've done to support people with that yep it's amazing so i'm so excited to talk to you thanks for well, being here I, I appreciate it. that's that's what it's all about i'm glad you did a deep dive education is everything man yeah i didn't even know you had that it's so crazy, crazy man um so how are you good i'm amazing i'm amazing it's good to be in la i, I don't i don't get out too often i know you don't really no you've he's, been here you've been here in a minute yeah yeah so you were um let's go back to new brunswick new jersey i didn't know you're from new jersey either yep it's crazy you're born and raised there it's a good place, man. Jersey's Jersey's yeah. got something in the water over there. <laughs> <laughs> so you you were there most of your childhood. I was there till I was yeah twenty three, and then I, I I moved to England. That's and right. I was in England thirteen years. Brilliant. I love it. Great country. Yeah, England's England's amazing. Um, how long how long were you um okay? Let's go to your school. So I know your parents divorced when you were young, mm -hmm, correct? Mm -hmm. And then you were diagnosed in sixth grade with Tourette's and yes. OCD. And so how do you even know you have something like that? What kind of signs? Well, do you remember the signs? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's one of these things where it, it's, so, it's so visible. It's not, it's not something you can hide. It's not like a little scar on your arm that you could just you know, put, put a shirt over. So yeah. um, it, it was more, I was an active kid. I played a lot of sports. Um, so it was more for my mom. You know, she, she's looking at me like, something going on with my son here, and this isn't, this isn't normal. We've got to figure this out. For me, I was just an active kid. Loving life, had great friends, played sports, and yeah, um, and so obviously I knew something was up. You know, I was uh, with with threat syndrome. There's ticks and twitches and 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 the motor skills and and some of it's verbal as well. And she's like, I, "We got it. this is for all the kids listening. This is before the internet. This is before yeah. iPhones, right?" So she went to this place called the library and has books, and she just <laughs> and, and she you know and she just started reading and started you know deep diving into you couldn't google shit no yeah. no and so um you know more like a self-diagnosis once we kind of got she got a grasp of that um then took me to you know some medical professionals doctors um people who specialize in that field um and we got a diagnosis and again for me as this as this you know young nine ten year old it's like all right cool it's a weird name that i can't really spell yeah. and uh i think it's a french word and whatever mom you know like cool and but for her it gave her peace of mind and yeah but for me it just i was like i'm, I'm gonna be a kid and uh, i thankfully had an amazing childhood yeah and is, is it Tourette's in the, in the sense where you're spouting off things was there a different yeah so the the so hollywood has you believe that it's all yeah. about all about cursing and that and and and, and there is a part of that, but that's only four percent of the the Tourette syndrome population okay. um, who who have who have that particular one. More, it's it's ticks and twitches, and um, you know sometimes it's clearing of the throat, uh, movement of of body parts, uh, rolling of the eyes, neck movement. So all things that you would expect to have um, when it comes to when when you, know, when you think of TS, but it's not always how it's depicted in the movies. Yeah, and once you get diagnosed with that, does that change anything? Now you now you now you now you find out you have this. Mm. Is it does it how you move or how kids know about it? You know, what I mean? like as a young yeah. Kid. So I, I mean, I've met so many. You know, I, we have a program called Howard's Heroes, and we're starting yeah. a foundation, um, the Tim Howard Foundation, and it's going to be to obviously enrich enrich the lives of of the less privileged. Um, you know, certainly children with with TS and associated disorders, and it's. Really, it's just about self-advocating, right? Because you have to get out in the world. You have to talk to people about it. And I, and I, and I, 
I met I meet so many young kids who who say I stood up in the front of the class the first day and I told told them what it was and I gave this little and I said man that's powerful because when I was in in school I was too afraid to tell people what it was you know but yeah. I was also a good athlete I was also very popular so I had cool friends you know so yeah. I wasn't really getting picked on but you see you see a lot of that happen yeah so so you you just thought you were like a kid with lots of energy maybe a hy- hyperactive kid right? yeah yeah you didn't know there was something. No, I, I mean, I knew something was, you know, I knew something was off in mm. terms of OCD and having to count things and steps and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But, you know, again, what's normal, right? Like that, that kind of became my, my everyday. So I was like, oh, something seems off. But, uh, you know, you yeah. can't really formulate that thought as a eight, nine, ten year old. So you had those, was OCD first or was this all together? Uh, it was kind of all together, mm. but I, I, I do think the onset of, of OCD uh, came slightly before that. Okay, so you're in, so you're in sixth grade then. Wow, man, and just and then, so we what kind of sports were you doing in school at that time? So I played basketball I played, too. Yeah, I played, yeah, that's that's my first love. It will always be. <laughs> um, love the NBA now. Um, it's what I watch, you know, regularly. But yeah, I played soccer, played played basketball all through all through school. That was like that was my safe haven. That was my sanctuary. That was like, mm. you know, I could. I could be judged for something other than having Tourette syndrome. I could, people wanted me on their team. People wanted me to score goals and, and dunk the basketball. And so it, for me, that was, I always wanted to be practicing. I always wanted to be playing. I always wanted to be around the game because it was a place that I could get away from, you know, that, what that, it's almost like a monster inside you kind of thing where you're like, oh, I don't want to sit still because I can't sit still. You know what yeah. I mean? To focus your energy yes, on. Yes, yes. But I also saw a quote from you saying later on, you, you realized that, that having the OCD really helped Focus you sure. just playing in professionally. You know For what I sure. mean? I, I, you, you when you when you talk to a lot of people with TS, that, you could be um, an artist, you could be a skateboarder, you could be anything. Yeah. What what you realize, whether it's whether it's obvious to you or if if it's a subconscious thing, is you have this. It's almost like your superpower. You have this innate ability to focus and concentrate on something else. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I found that like I I get on the field, and I know that I'm. I have ticks and I have ticks, but I, I'm so hyper focused because the moment is so fifty thousand people. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much anxiety and pressure on the game that that it takes my attention away from from being in that moment. So it's nice. It's, that's yeah. why maybe I always thrived. So so you so you, your love for basketball. When did that change for the love of soccer? Like, were you fully basketball in school only? I was or both. Did it all. I was. I was both. I was okay. both. I think I just was slightly better at soccer. So, <laughs> uh, you know, even though in my dreams, I, 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 had, I had dreams of playing for the New York Knicks. But wow. Um, yeah. Never. Never. Never in my life. But um, Mike Rapp would be proud. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and and so yeah, soccer just kind of took off. And I think I think soccer you can you can develop a, at a really young age at a high level if that makes sense like you have 18 17 18 year olds making the jump to professional soccer with no problem you yeah know? so uh it's not easy to do in other sports but back then was soccer wasn't as big in america as it was as it is now right yeah More that's basketball right focused, that's right i, think, I mean yeah. i think the league is you know the league and and, and soccer in in general has grown uh, in America and, and it's gotten so much better and bigger and more money's being spent on players and stadiums. So yeah. it's impressive. So did you know what you wanted to do at that young age? Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to be, I mean, I think I, my mom probably still has uh, papers that I wrote in school about, I want to <laughs> be a professional athlete. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to play soccer and dream of playing in the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think I always, that was always my path. And so did it affect your grades, all the sports? Were you like pretty good? 
Wait, yeah, wait, I, I, I don't think I was a great student, but I was also, you know, we talk about, and that's kind of what we do now is, um, you know, with, with the Tourette Syndrome Associations that I work with is you're trying to advocate for the, the kids, be a voice for the voiceless and, and yes. go into schools and, you know, still with our educators and, and our medical professionals, TS still isn't really focused on, you know, it's a specialty. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you get a hyperactive kid who can't focus or sit still in school, you know, this... 25 year old teacher who, who ain't got the time or the patience to deal with this kid who's being disruptive it doesn't it doesn't get the attention it deserves so yeah. we're trying to do a lot more of that but again you're talking about the 80s and early 90s for me they weren't they weren't having it <laughs> yeah what, what year did you graduate uh graduate high school 1997 oh nice okay but in 1991 um this guy named till what's his name till Mm -hmm. Tim Mulqueen. Tim Mulqueen. He saw your potential yeah. for soccer, right? Yeah. Kind of took you under his wing in a sense. That was my guy. So he's he's like my mentor. You know, yeah. he was he was young, brash soccer coach, and you know, he, I guess he had an eye for talent. All these years later, um, yeah. So he basically took me under his wing, and, and how old were you then? I was ninety-one. Yeah, so I was I was only like 10, 12 years old, somewhere around wow. there. So you know, he, he he nurtured me, and you know, he drove me. He was hard. He was he was hard on me, and he saw the best in me, and just drove me. And we we've had an amazing friendship. Ever since he became a mentor and a best friend, so wow, yeah, it's cool. But everybody needs that. Everybody needs somebody to believe in them, and, yeah. and he was, yeah. And, you, and your parents were supportive, even though they had split. Were their parents supportive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, my mom, gosh, my mom drove me up and down the East Coast every weekend. You know, it's so funny because <laughs> here she is, she work, so working two jobs and then soccer. The problem in America, and, and it's probably too long a conversation, is a, it's a pay-to-play sport. You know, mm. and at the youth level, okay. Um, which again, it, we, we, it kind of pushes it's expensive too. Yeah, it's yeah, expensive. Yeah. So you get a lot of minorities who can't pay to play and so we're, we're losing out and that's a whole nother development issue um but yeah we used to go to we used to go to hotels and the team staying at a nicer hotel and my mom's <laughs> like listen we're gonna stay at like the howard johnson they got a continental breakfast get up <laughs> you know what i mean free breakfast let's get on the road so um wow. yeah she took me everywhere man and no siblings i have an older brother it's slightly older he's 45 and what was what is he what is he into he was he played baseball oh, okay yeah okay. he played baseball when we were younger so he you know he jumped in the car traveled with us wow and so your mom was pretty much raising you she was a rock my, my, my dad he was he was, he was close forth. by so mm. um you know he would come to games when he when he could he was a truck driver long-haul truck driver so okay yeah you know he was on the road a lot but yeah he, he was a uh, big fan man wow okay so and then um fuck i have so many notes on you bro <laughs> <laughs> so many notes on you throw it at me well, the basketball well, well the club career started like what the, the metro stars like the first mm -hmm. real in 98 so, yeah so graduate high school in 97 yeah uh, signed for a, a, a basically a professional team, but Central Jersey Cosmos. Yeah, so they, it wasn't it wasn't very lucrative. I think I was getting like two hundred bucks a paycheck, but for a high school kid, it was yeah. money in my pocket. Chilling, yeah. yeah so, uh, and then a year later, I signed with the Metro Stars, who are now the the New York Red Bulls of the MLS, and that was it, man. It's, the rest is history. I signed, wow. I played there for five years, and it was great, man. I, I, I love being a professional athlete. It was like, all right, this is what I always wanted to do, but it was still a grind and a hustle. So you're eight, you're like seventeen, eighteen when you joined that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, and that and that was and that's just been it since then. Pretty since much. then, that was it until, until so no jobs. You working no jobs? <laughs> I worked at Burlington Coat Factory for. <laughs> listen, I worked. Nice. At, I worked at Burlington Coat Factory for two weeks, maybe less. And my my buddy was. I was like, I gotta go work. I was cashier. My buddy was like, Come on, man, let's 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 just dip and we'll forget work. And I was like, All right, cool. And that was the end of that job. So that was the only job I really ever worked. And then wow. uh, and then I retired about two years ago from playing and tried to find my feet, figure out what I wanted to do, and fell in love with television. So. 
Holy crap, man. So they, they, then you went to Manchester, well, Manchester United's in there. Yep, yep, yep. Is it Everton, Everlong? Wait, Everton, yeah. Yep, and the Colorado Rapids and Memphis 901. But you came out of retirement and played with the Memphis, right? I did, yeah. It was, it was short-lived because it was COVID, right? So, oh, shit, yeah. So we, you know, the all best laid plans, they got kind of got destroyed like everybody else. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was really only Colorado Rapids and, and in rap. Um, in rap, yeah. I have what you... Um, well, champion for hope. There's so many fucking things. We well, got nominated for that. The mm. most uh, notable individual with Tourette syndrome in like mm. sports, right? You got, that was the champion for hope, right? Tourette's. Yeah, and so you know, it's it's nice to get a lot of these humanitarian awards. And I always tell people that like, I have, I have the easiest job in the world when it comes to raising awareness for Tourette syndrome. I don't have to say anything. I'm on television. I you know millions of people watching. Yeah. So it's just again being a being a voice for the voiceless and you know so many kids that can't really advocate for themselves and you try and be a beacon of light and um if if again it, it's helpful i i had i had someone i looked up to who actually is playing in, in raps big three mahmoud abdul rauf he does too yeah oh, wow. and so back in back in the late 80s early 90s i saw him on tv and i was like yo that, that he looks like me like <laughs> you know he's doing all the things i'm doing so and in fact we just connected um actually through social media uh, not long ago and so it was really it was it's been kind of cool. And he he has a documentary coming out, and he asked me. Uh, it, it's with uh, I think it was with Showtime, and he asked me if uh, they wanted to speak to me, the producers. And I was like, man, I'm honored, bro. Like I that's you're, sick. You're like you're the guy I've, I've always idolized, you know. So I looked up to him. So it's really cool. I've never met him yet, but they always say don't meet your idols, which I actually believe. I believe that too sometimes. But, but this one, I'm, but this I have to. Unless it's Nas. I met I, yo. I met I met Nas V. I know me too. Ooh, uh, when I met Nas, I was like, speech. I was like a little kid, man. I'm like, what's wrong with me? It yeah. is weird, right? It's weird. It's strange, man. Um, I have a good Nas story if you want to hear. But but I heard also Amazon's doing a movie on you, supposedly yes. a documentary. Yes, that's right. It's in that's the works. Amazing, it's being man. written. It's being written right now. It's kind of that's awesome. It's you know when when I, I was able to write a book, which was a labor of love, and yep. I, and, I, and it's strange. It's it's. There's a lot of pieces to the your, keeper, right? Yes, yes. Oh, 2014. 2014. Yeah. There's a lot of layers to your life that you're like, I don't know if I always want to start peeling these back, you know. So, yeah. uh, it was a deep dive, as a labor of love, and now Amazon, yeah, they're uh, they've they've got the rights to to my uh, my bi sick, my biopic, man. and and it's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited. That's awesome. I have so many highlights. So the 2001, the youngest person uh, for MLS goalkeeper of the year, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then Olympic Ross in 2000. Yep. Um, 2004 Goalkeeper of the Year. That's EPL. Yep. EPL, yeah. Um, 2008 Golden Glove. F. What's what's FIFA? FIFA. It's okay. the governing body of okay. soccer in, in the world. Okay. Yeah. So that too. And then, and then like, it was so hard to like, because I'm not really, I'm not really good with the wording of like sports. Sure, I'm sure. not a sports guy. Just like all the different achievements. Well, 2008 US Soccer Athlete of the Year. Yeah. yeah. 2010 World Cup. Uh, man, the the match versus England, uh, was it was it U.S. versus England? Yeah, in World Cup. Yeah. yeah, World Cup, and one of the five players to play every minute of the 2010 FIFA World Cup. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Play every minute. Well, so you can get substituted out of the game, or maybe oh, yeah, maybe yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, maybe yeah. You don't play the a whole game. shit. I was in the whole time. Damn, <laughs> and that's pretty much unheard of. Yeah, my longevity in my career is what I is what I hang my hat on. Like the, the awards are great, but just being able to be a teammate who like every game you knew I was going to show up. That was. That was for me all, the only real thing I wanted, you know. Yeah. My teammates respected me for that. Yeah, goalkeeper. That's crazy, man. Then 2018, 
uh, English fifth tier club. I don't know what this stuff even means, but it sounds <laughs> so cool. Like the Dagenham versus Redbridge. Yeah, uh, America's D- second Dagenham tier club. Dagenham Redbridge, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, so our ownership group who owns Memphis bought a club in England too. So oh. uh, yeah, it's all happening. I'm learning about soccer as we speak. We right got now. it. Hey, we're going we're, we're, we're to get you out on the field, the fir- kicking around. And then the ambassador of the USA former club, that was in 2019. Mm-hmm. At, in Everton, yeah. I'm so I'm a global ambassador for Everton Football Club. I spent 10 years there, man. I love it. It's my home. Yeah, England's so sick. Such England's a great dope. music scene there, too. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. And so, and then, uh, wait, Golden Glove Best Goalkeeper, 2000 Summer Olympics. And then what about when you became a father? Like, um, how did that change for you, becoming a dad, like, in, in your profession? Yeah. you're traveling so yeah, much. Yeah, it's yeah. like being in a band. You yeah, know? well, it is. And, and, and my, kid, my kids are everything, you know. I think anybody who, who says otherwise is crazy. My, my, my yeah. kids are like, they give you the joy. They give you the reason to wake up in the morning. That You know, you, 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 try and, you try and live the right way and set the right example, right? And they're always there. Like, at the forefront of mind, like, okay, you got to figure this out, you know. And particularly when you're raising teenagers now, you know, it's like you try and, you try and guide them in the right way. But fatherhood, I mean, it was just... It was awesome, you know, all, and it was it was cool having young kids in England. My son was born in England. Oh, wow. I'm always, you know, I'm always telling him like you're the, you're, you're the golden child. Like no, none of us were born abroad except you, you know. So uh, the double yeah, passport cool. too. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, for sure. So you were there a long time in England. Wow, thirteen. So they years. went to school in England. Uh, early, early on. Okay, early on. Yeah, and then they moved back to the states. So you've been all over, like Denver, Memphis, yeah. UK, every, a lot Everywhere. of traveling. Love it, man. Wow. And so, so like having kids, you try to have them. Obviously, they're with you there, but then when you're mm-hmm. traveling, it. Yeah, you got to keep balance. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Memphis is home. That's that's the okay. home base, and that they're in school there. I think my son's ready to spread his wings, man. He, you know, he's he's, he's got skills. Yeah, he's massive in the in the music scene. So he's like, right, when am I moving to Nashville? When am I doing this? Like, let's go. So he's but he's you know, he's about to be sixteen, and that's a good time. You know, he's he's feeling. So he, Nashville is his movie thing. I think so. I think right now, you know, mm-hmm. he, he seems to he seems to have a passion for it. Knows what he wants, and so, you know, you got to go out. You got to go out and live life, man. Yeah. 16 wow man yeah, that's crazy right? i mean you started early too though yeah yeah i was 20 I, think I was 27 when i had my son and then 29 when i had my daughter so it's cool but it's also fun being a young dad and seeing him navigate these teenage years which is scary but also incredibly rewarding as well were you nervous about going over to another country and playing was it's, it's culture shock kind of thing uh, nervous but also like excited yeah man that's what it, it, playing in, in playing in the english premier league it's the it's the greatest league in the world. Yeah. Like it's everybody's dream. So it's like, yeah, I'm nervous and scared, but I'm also this is what I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of Americans on the team. Not many. Not many at all. Really? No. Yeah. I mean, there's very few Americans that play in England even yeah. now. So yeah, because you see like basketball teams here, and it's like you watch like a New York Knicks or something. Not, not all the guys are from New York. You sure. Know what I'm saying like yeah, of course they're all over. But yeah, Ameri- Americans that didn't get a good rap for a long time in in, in Europe, but like. You know, we, a few of us carved out a career, and 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 people blazed a path for me, and I in turn did that for other people, and and there's kids now in in England who are rocking. Yeah, was the team welcoming of you when you came? They were excited to have yeah, you. Yeah, it was like respect yeah, and all this. They were fine. I mean, it was no problem. There's so there's such an influx of foreigners in England anyway. Yeah, like the Americans, the last last of their. But words. did you feel like you had to prove yourself yeah, coming from America? Oh, of course. Yeah, so you yeah. went harder. Definitely. And then you harder on yourself. I'm always I've always been hard on myself. I You're mean, the I, worst I, critic. Yeah. I drive I drive myself beyond my own limits all the time and so that's like i think that's a good trait to have yeah but sometimes you'd be super hard on yourself mm-hmm. and like really like beat yourself down yeah yeah no, no oh, I, was, game, I was so terrible in that game and then like i was I, awesome. I, I had a good balance you know in terms of just pushing myself never getting too high never getting too low but always looking forward to the next opportunity next moment yeah and then how important is, is health and exercise with you? you've always been 
into, yeah. all, into all that. Yeah, it's you e- have to. It's easy being an athlete, but even even post playing now, like it's it's gives me peace of mind. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of things you can control, but you can control getting yourself into the gym, going for a workout, going on, you know, whatever whatever class you want to take or exercise or yoga, you could you can control that. And I like to have in a world where we don't have a lot of control, that that's kind of my peace of mind. It's my mental mm-hmm. it's my mental relaxes when I'm in the gym. And you, you started doing that when you started playing soccer professionally? Yeah, I mean I think when you're young and, and you're spry and your your you know, metabolism's high, you don't always yeah. have to work out so <laughs> you don't. so much. But as my career progressed and I probably got to the other side of, you know, thirty, thirty one, thirty two, that's when I really I really started focusing on on health and exercise and all that kind of stuff. Healthy, yeah, and so um, um, now that you're not playing soccer, do you, is it? Do you still play? Obviously, sometimes I, I don't. I don't have a. Desi- you roll up to your friends and like jump <clears throat> in yeah, the game yeah, or yeah. something. I don't. I I don't have a desire to play. My daughter will want me to kick around with her and and and, oh. and train her every now and again, and I'll, I'll I'll lace the boots up. But to be honest with you, man, my tank is empty in terms of playing. I love the game, love watching it. I obviously work in television with soccer, but yeah. My tank is empty in terms of having a, a desire to play the game. Wow. Maybe it'll come back. But Do you have I, a favorite team? Uh, Do you watch? Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, I love Everton. I love watching Manchester United. Again, teams I've played for that I have an <laughs> yeah. affinity for. Um, but I'm a neutral now because, you know, I have, to, I, have to be, I have to be unbiased and, 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 and given my opinion. So, mm. you know, but I think you always look at obviously US, U.S. men's national team will always be my pride and joy. Yeah. Is that one of your favorite teams you're on? Yeah, of course, because everyone's everyone's dream when you start out playing soccer is to play for your country. Yeah, and uh, again, I had the good fortune of doing that. So when you know, any, obviously, you see them build, and they start to they start to look forward to qualifying for a World Cup, and and it's it's awesome. It's fun. They don't they're not always getting together because it's different, right? They only come together every couple of months, so yeah, it gets exciting. Is there like one? Is there like any particular games that stand out to you? That you that you're proud of mm. your performance, or I'm a lucky they boy. Kind of blend together. Listen, T, I'm a lucky boy, man. I, I, I there's there's some really awesome performances that I've you know team performances, individual, uh, you know, lets me know I'm lucky because I have so many to choose from. But I think mo- to be honest, most people when they stop me in the street are like, hey, that Belgium game in 2014 was dope, and so wow, yeah, it's cool. It's nice to have a shining moment that people can hang their hat on and and, and feel like they connect with you, and uh, you know, I think that's dope. Do you watch? Do you ever watch yourself back? I hate watching myself back. I, I hate watching. <laughs> Study your moves. I, I hate watching games. I hate watching myself on television. I don't know what it is. It, wow. I've never really wanted to do that. Obviously, highlight reels are nice. So you know, every now and again, you'll see those. But yeah, yeah, I always hated watching myself. Wow. I know it's crazy. Me too. Right? Like I can't listen to some shit I record, or like <laughs> if somebody filmed my show, you want to see the footage? I'm like, nah, I'm good. I lived. I was yeah, just there. Yeah, yeah, you lived. It there. is kind of weird, right? It's to hear very, yourself? very strange. So, how is the transition from soccer to television? It was good you know it, it's i wasn't sure that well i liked it i didn't know that i'd fall in love with it and, I, and it's been it's been amazing for me I, I think the what i loved about it it felt very much like playing that's going to sound weird but mm. you have this team around you, you have, i've got the most amazing producers at, at nbc sports um you, you know the the talent that's on the desk with me it's your team it's your teammates the the the, the statisticians everybody who is you know, you have these calls every week, pre-production calls, and then you talk about format, and every and everybody is gearing up for when that camera comes on, yeah. And then they're there to support you, and they're not going to let you fail. And so you get nervous, you get an, say you that. get anxious, and so um, and you know what it's like right before a show. And so, totally. but you know, people have your back. You know, people are going to be there for you. It's the same as a team. Yeah. Um, so I love it. I love traveling and all that kind of stuff. So, 
So were you nervous first time going on air? Oh, man. (laughs) I remember. And, you know, as an athlete, you got to do interviews. And like, all right, cool. And I worked for NBC back in 2014 um, when I was – 2013, excuse me, when I was still playing over in England. I wasn't doing studio work. I was calling the games as a co-commentator. Okay. And, you know, I got – you get this crash course in in doing the game and and what it's supposed to look like. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I've heard this. Okay, cool, great. And then you do your prep. And I remember them them counting in my ear going, okay – we're live and, and I just remember my knees like starting to shake. I'm like, my knees don't ever shake. What, well, what is this? And the camera comes on and I'm like, I'm like swallowing my words. Like what is going to happen here? So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a crazy feeling. And then once you get through it, you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah. It's, like, it, it's rep, TV is about reps. Yeah. Has, you know, like how like, um, they tried to change the way we do math with our kids. Like math. I forgot what part of the math is math is done different. I think I'm not sure if it's multiplication, not multiplication or it's, Fuck, I'm going to fuck this up. Mm. But my, to my point is, nothing's changed in the game or rules of soccer ever. Mm-hmm. It's always stayed the same, or has it changed over the years? Did they change things? Yeah, it's a very traditional traditional sport. They try to they try to change it a little bit here and there. Mm. But any sort of drastic rule change or anything that's non-traditional, it gets fought bad by, okay. by media, by fans. They're not really going to let it change too much. And is that because new younger people coming in trying to, or is it... Yeah, I mean, I, certain people have wanted to get, to get innovative to try and make it. Look, soccer's a low-scoring sport, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. not it's not going to be 100 to 100. It's not going to be 24 to 26. Yeah. It's going to be one nothing, you know? Um, but there's nuances to the game that, again, the traditionalists love, right? So you don't have to score a goal to have watched a really good game. Okay. You understand? And so sometimes people outside the game can't understand that, so you'll get certain governing bodies who are going to want to change things mm. to make it more exciting, to make it more lucrative, to make more money. It doesn't ever happen. And so, um, would you ever get hot-headed, like, playing there? <laughs> were you a hot-headed, or were you, like, were yeah. you, were you good at keeping yourself, like, yeah, I was like, not getting aggressive? I don't know, like, I don't know. Intense. I, I was very calculated with, okay. with my with my intensity, so. And you was, can control your. Yeah, it was always a reason, like, I, I very, very rarely did I fly off the handle emotionally and wasn't in control of that. Like, I, I it might have looked as if I was going crazy, but uh, <laughs> it was calculated to, to get a response from my team or to, from the referee or from the other team. So, yeah, I was very much in control. Very much control, right? Yeah. And I know you're a massive hip-hop head, too. Is that something you've been into your whole life as a young, yeah. as a young kid? No doubt. I, I was Listen, I went through the... East Coast, man, yeah. East Coast. I went through the, the heavy metal stage, Metallica, Guns really? N' Roses. Yeah, that's like late 80s. And then, uh, man, you've grown up in the 90s, man. This golden Dude. generation for hip-hop, for... All kinds of boy bands, don't, and, and anybody tells you then boy bands are lying. But uh, <laughs> um, Street, yeah, R and B, oh yeah, heavy metal. I mean, it's everything. So you hip- going to shows in Jersey and stuff, or you? Yeah. You know? So so the the first show I ever went to ever was you know, true story. You're gonna love this. Was at Hunkabunka in Sayreville, New Jersey. Shout out to Hunkabunka. Anybody who's listening, I'm I like, know Sayreville, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it was basically a nightclub, but they would have teen night every now and again, right? Sick. So like, no, no alcohol that. So we get up there, and this this uh, three piece hip hop uh, crew comes on. Oh it, shit! It I was, know who it is too? Yeah, it was Lauren, it was Praz, and it was uh, and Wyclef. And this wow. was before this is before they dropped the, their first album. So they're, they're singing these songs. It, stage is no bigger than this kitchen, and there's like a hundred people in there drinking water. You know, and holy shit! And they're from they're from one of the oranges, South Orange, East Orange, somewhere yeah, East Orange. somewhere in there. And we're in Sayreville, and they're dropping. And like, I'm I'm a junior in high school, so this is pro- I'm gonna I might get it wrong. It's probably like '96, 
And then that was like in the winter. And then by the time prom came around, the album had dropped and we're banging it. We're like, yo, we just listened to these cats. We didn't know they were any good. Holy we didn't know who they shit. were. Yeah, it was crazy. So, so like, that was your first like hip hop show. Yeah, that was like my first show. Wow. Yeah. Or live concert. Yeah. 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 It was dope. And you were a metalhead kid too, kind of this. Yeah, thing. Guns N' Roses was my jam. Damn. So crazy, right? So then your love for hip hop pretty much. That was it. There. That was it. I, mean, I, I was on I was on the Jersey Turnpike. I was I was in the backseat of my 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 old old brother. So it was his friends. We were playing basketball, going into the city, into New York to play basketball. We're on a Jersey Turnpike at a toll booth, Hot 97. They're like worldwide exclusive, Hot 97, Notorious B.I.G. Juicy. We're like, what's this? And it dropped, and it was like from then I knew every Damn. single word. It was crazy. So like you know, music Sick takes you back moments. to moments. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember thinking, oh, this sounds dope. And then lo and behold, it's, you know, anytime anytime the opening of Juicy hits, you're like, everybody knows it. Yeah, so I was living in New York at that same time. That's okay. crazy. Yeah, right. I was in New York to 2000, 2001. That's dope. So all the nineties, like seeing Wu Tang and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's crazy. Grand Nubian. Oh, oh, so I mean, New York is just the epicenter for hip hop. But man. then Nas and Illmatic comes out. That's ninety four. Yep. Yep. And I know we both love Nas so much, man. Just like <laughs> listen, you got a Nas, you got a Nas signature on you. I got your a hand. Nas, yeah, I got a Nas. Uh, I got a Nas tattoo. Tattoo. Yeah. He Not signed, from him though. He's, okay, he signed my hand and. <laughs> It was crazy. It was good. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, he was dope. Yeah, man, he was super dope. Like, like I said, I also, I also, I also. He's your top top. Who's my top? Nas, isn't it? It's got it, but yeah, I got. It's hard to. I have a top five. Okay, but it, it's hard to. I mean, Nas Biggie's in there. Nas for me is my top, but it's hard to people. Everybody's gonna have it, Nas, Biggie, Pac, M. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I, yo, Eminem. Eminem lyrically is is incredible. It's. It's, and you got Pac and Biggie together. Wow. Mm. Do, you, do you have Pac? Do you have Pac in yours? No, I, I love him though. But yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't have him in my. Who? Ah, shit. I even think about this. Jay. Yeah. Nas. Jay. Nas. Biggie. Biggie. I have Pac and M. And oh, Rakim. Rakim's number six for me. Okay. So again, he's in. Uh, essentially. KRS One or Guru. Damn yeah. man, it's hard, dude. But Guru's flow is so unbelievable. Man. I that, know. That, man. that melodic flow that on the jazz, like it's everything. Jazz I still, jazz. I still listen to that. But it's incredible. Yeah, but Nas, I have a good Nas story. I don't know if I told him the podcast before, but Rappaport said, yo, come on my house. I'm going to watch this Muhammad Ali documentary. I'm like, bet I'll be over there. I walk into his house. Rappaport's sitting on the couch doing bong hits with Nas and eating up. chicken. Shut up. So I, I look at rap. What? I look at Nas and rap knows I'm a massive fan. Like he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he sees my eyes. He knows I'm like hyped. As this is my man, Toby, blah, blah, blah. And then Nas tries to hand me the bong. And rap's like, no, nah, don't give him that shit. He's, he's straight edge. And then, um, <laughs> and then I was like, what's straight edge? And then I told him what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you want some chicken? And Rap's like, nah, nah, nah. He's a fucking vegan. <laughs> this is years ago. Now I was like, what's a vegan? Right, right, and right. I told right. him what it was. Right. I was so nervously shook. And I just sat there and faced the TV, just us three. And we watched this Muhammad Ali doc. What? It was so fucking tripped out, man. That's amazing. And I didn't want to leave, but also felt weird being there. They're so high, laughing and shit. Right, right, right. You, were you like sitting on the couch like nerd. staring at them like... Oh, I don't want to look back. <laughs> but I feel like a nerd like kind of being there. like. Yeah. But like when, when I say whatever, it's like, yo, respect. You don't do drugs, respect. It was yeah. really cool. And yeah. then I met him. That's, a, that's an amazing story. I know. Then I Better met him a couple mine. times with rap after that. Then I saw him at Crossroads once. He was super nice. Okay. Um. That's yeah. It, it's so dope, and, and and for me, that's a good moment to meet somebody. Where you? Where was Nas that you met him at? So so he was at a show. He was at a show in Denver. I don't. I had a bunch of my people out and and went to the show. Went backstage. And again, I don't. I don't ever do the whole like. Let me let me try and get backstage. Let me meet somebody. Like, I'll mm -hmm. go see a show. Go see a game and then dip. Right. Like I res yeah. I respect what people do, but I was like. 
man, I gotta meet Nas, man. Like this is my he's my number one, you know. Yeah. And I met him, went backstage, and then you know. <laughs> did he know who you, you were? Soccer? Did he know? Who, I, you? He was cool enough to be like you might walk away thinking he knew you, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. He was a gentleman, and um, uh, you know, Luke, Luke tattooed a Illmatic on me, Ooh. so like it was on my hip, and I was like, I'm like. I'm making small talk. Show my hip. I'm making like, small talk. Nas, I'm like, I got an ill match. He's like, show me. I'm like, well, I can't really unbuckle my it's pants. Weird, like, it's yeah. over here, man. Like, it's on my ass cheek. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can you sign my hand? He's like, see. So he signed my hand, hey, man. And I went it's home. A sick signature. Yeah, it's so dope. And I went home. I'm like, I got a tattoo. It's like midnight in Denver. And there's nothing oh, open. Shit. So like, I'm sleeping with my hand off the bed. Like, I went and the next day I went and get a t- got a tattoo. So I was like, that's like, that's my favorite one, man. Yeah, it's a great signature. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's dope. But uh, you know what? Truth be told. If I had to pick one group, it's Tribe Called Quest, man. That's my yeah, jam. That's man. my jam. I know that, you know. Incredible Doc, too. Oh, yeah. Rap did rap it. Yeah, too. Rap did, did it. did it so good. That's another time I met Q-Tip um, sitting courtside at the Knicks, and he was just so chill, man. He's in, he was in his Ugg boots and some, like, a hoodie. <laughs> He's just chilling. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Wow. Yeah, Tribe Called Quest, Dig About Soul, fuck, Wu-Tang. Yeah. Those group, man, incredible, man. Incredible. But just incredible. like the positivity of Tribe, Daylight, Jungle Brothers, the whole Native Tongues thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was yeah, just yeah. some other level it back was, then. It, it was another level because like what, what were they actually singing about? It was fun. Like it wasn't necessarily super political, but it was just like fun stuff. Like kids on this on the block just chilling, talking about the bodega, like mm-hmm. li- living it as opposed to Sometimes now I got to be careful because my son, you know, he listens and he's like, and he's a consumer. So he's always telling me like, I'm like, oh, that, you know, that's whack. And he's like, well, it's not because there's a trillion people following this guy. And I'm like, you're right. It's a consumer. So I get it. Mm. But like they were talking about real, like the stuff sometimes with that, that, that new, like rappers are talking about now. And I like a lot of the hip hop out now. Yeah. My son turned me on. Yeah. It, it, some of it is just kind of like, you're not living. You just, you're, you're, you're kind of just BSing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like. Yeah, the, the, I mean, Tribe, you think about, you know, he lost his wallet in El Segundo. You're like, that's not even a song. How is that a thing? And I it's, know. They make it a thing. And it's, Dude, and then I move here in 2001, <laughs> and I want to go there. Right. And I realize, oh, it's right over, right? It's, it's like 10 minutes from here between mm-hmm. here and fucking the airport. Mm-hmm. Or by the airport, I'm like, El Segundo, holy shit. And you get to go there. I'm like, this is such a <laughs> random song from Deuce and Queens to right. write about. Correct, correct. So, yeah, the hip-hop now, like, yeah, there's some stuff my son plays. He loves the little Uzi. Yep. He loves um, 21 Savage. Um, plays me all kinds of obscure stuff and like yeah. And when, I'm not supposed to love it. I'm 51 years old. I'm supposed to, but he loves like all the stuff I grew up on. He's bumping Mob Deep. There's all kinds of stuff like that in his car. Yeah, and I love hearing him listen to the, the diverse stuff. But like, yeah, like you can't get mad at it because everything changes. It's still hip hop. It's just a different version of it, you know. Well, uh, yeah. Listen, I think that that that's kind of where my evolution is very similar to you. I'm like. You can't just be the dude who's like, oh, this is whack. Old because head. It's, yeah, old head because it's not my, my thing, you know? Like, I get that. I get that. But it was all, but it, I guess it's, like you said, it was cool. It's cool to meet, I, like I said, don't meet your idols, sure. but like it's in those moments, you sit, you sit in a bong, you're kind of like, I don't really belong here, but it is also kind of fresh. Dude. I mean, my girlfriend at the time was, was with me and he, she's like, don't be a nerd. Like, just be cool. And I'm like sitting there like, it's hard I'm not sitting, to be a nerd. I know I'm sitting there like wringing my hands like hi, hi Mr. Nas, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> She's sw- like, you get sweaty yeah. and weird. It's like a weird thing because he is just a human, but how much influence he had on you yeah. is insane. Well, like, so he, he, he shape, shapes your childhood or yeah. your teen years or like, you know what I mean? You think about like they become superhuman. That's kind of why you, you you don't meet your idols cuz like they they're they're perfect in your eyes. They, but they, they could be having a bad day that day. This and is what like, I'm oh, saying. Sorry, dude, no photo. This is what I'm saying. Your whole life you waited for this moment. <sighs> For because sure. you've had days where like you didn't want to, but yeah. who knows? But like, I, and here's the funny thing, right? 
T, I don't care about it personally. I had to put my kids onto that because they, they idolize people. And that's why I'm, I'm like, I'm like, it, you might get disappointed. Like Kevin, my, my daughter met Kevin Durant. She loved him. He okay. was amazing. He was amazing with 10 out of 10. But I'm like, if you had a bad shooting night last night, he might not want to meet this little girl who's got wearing his jersey. And like, that's okay. But like, yeah. so I worry about it for my own kids, but you know, they got to live and learn too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's hard because I have met some people who are like, I kind of got hurt by them. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe it's a bad day. I know they're mm-hmm. not assholes. I'm, I'm still going to love their music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and then there's other times that, yeah, because that could affect somebody's whole life. Of like, course, of course it can. Especially a younger kid. Now that we're older, we can get like, yeah, yeah. younger kids like looking up to somebody and like yeah. getting dissed by somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, this, this fact is real. My son met Tyler a couple of times because he has a store over here. He's always been super oh, yeah? cool with him. Yeah, just nice. He has that, dope. Uh, the golf store over there. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I had another moment where Raps friends with Jay. And we went and saw Jay like three times. At the first time I went, we went backstage and it's just me jay-z and rapaport and beyonce's on the couch and i'm totally <laughs> fucking shook because i love jay as well yeah. and i'm just standing there like and i think jay's talking to rap right next to me and he knows i'm nervous so he goes up to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder he's like hey man you good i said yeah i'm good he goes, you want some water I go yeah <laughs> and he went and got me a fiji and i started drinking it and then as soon as i drank it i took my jacket off the, and rap saw when he came over he rap saw that he knew that i was like the fuck and then I, the rest of the night it was super chill but it's just yeah. us backstage yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my man jay i'm like okay yeah well, that's fucking jay-z to me even if that's your boy you know? and all, it's like and, and also like i think there's a mutual respect like okay i'm not on jay-z jay-z's level nobody is but like you're also kind of that was like with nas where i'm like you just did a show i've been there i've done it i've played a game and then people are in your space and you don't know them and you're trying to be hospitable but like there's a time and a place and so you're like I let's know. keep this moving you know so and you've had people come up to you i'm sure you're all sweaty or something yeah yeah for sure you've been that but it's like you always want to be awesome and be of like, course. be cool to everybody. Of course. But I'm sure that get, gets a little crazy for yeah. people, especially on that level. For sure. So Illmatic's your favorite Nas record? Yeah. Illmatic. It's hard to compete. I wrote down all the records last it's, night. Like, there's so oh, many fucking so Nas. There's just so many. Like, I mean, there's something on all these records that are good. Yep. Godson's yep. incredible. I love Godson. Yep. I am. It was written. Nostradamus. People hated that record, but I, there was some bangers on it. Uchi Wale Wala. There's a lot of good songs on mm-hmm, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Stillmatic. Um, Stillmatic. Street Disciple. It's a great on there. Hip Hop is Dead. He, yeah, I Untitled mean, Joint. Yeah, I just think. Life is Good was Ill, great. Illmatic. Life is Good was really I good. Know. Really good. And we waited mad years for the King's yeah, Disease. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gosh. Now we got the new King's Disease part two. Yes. Which we we're do. trying to listen to every day. <laughs> Uh, I love the uh, Death Row East song. Yep, That's a great yep, storytelling. Yep. Um, there's one about forty. I forgot the other ones. The other ones about. I forgot the name. Death Row, I, I, he, uh, I'm looking at it now. He had a good run, like songs nine through like twelve. Obviously, nobody. Lauren Hill. She called. Oh, that's banger great. with that. That's great. She came back, and then obviously, yo, know, anyone who's not a Charlie Wilson fan can just. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, do one, man. Because that's a good. No one. phony love. Brunch on Sunday. So like, he had a real good run right in the middle there, where I'm like. Nas's sound is like it's so it's so particular. You know when not when Nas is in the studio wearing Tim boots and a camo because he Sick. you could feel it. You can there's a there's a certain sound. He just nails it. So yeah. yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard being a legend in in the music game, and and you know you can understand and that old and staying relevant too. Yeah, because you know when you when you like take the Grateful Dead as an example. Okay, they don't they they did all their best stuff when. In the seventies, they didn't have to. They didn't have to be innovative. They didn't have to change. So yeah. all the greatest people who we know and love, Prince, 
uh, Nas, whomever. It doesn't matter where it is, right? Guns and Roses. Like Guns and Roses doesn't have to drop a, an album that's innovative to for people to be like, "What do you want to hear?" Sweet Child of Mine. Welcome to the Jungle. Like that's what. <laughs> like that's what you. That, yeah. That's forever and always what they yeah. are. And so, but I understand as an artist, and I'm speaking to an artist that you're like, "Well, hang on, I don't want the record company telling what to do. I want to." spread my wings and fly and I want to do my own thing and I mean Kanye is probably the best example of that pink polo Kanye can never be matched yeah but like he's looking at it going nah I want to, I want my own sound I want to do my own thing right so like you follow him and all his newer stuff and all that stuff a, a little bit little bits and pieces mm-hmm. I mean I, look he's uh, he's brilliant I think he's brilliant in terms of you know what's in his mind and what you know what he produces but sometimes it flops because he's trying to do what he wants to do right yeah. as opposed to back when you know dropping through the wire it was like is fire incredible fire. what about nazir that's the one that really and and i love nas like i have a not we both have nas tats i love it mm-hmm. that was the one i felt like and he even said he felt rushed with kanye it was like mm-hmm. almost like a half of a mixtape mm-hmm. there was a really beautiful song on there um yeah i can't even sing it but there was one that really stood out on there that i was listening to at runyon but um yep. That one was kind of weird to me because I was so excited about it. Yes, because it was so long. It would be great to have like a premiere produced Nas record. Mm. Um, I know De La Soul mentioned today they have, they're have doing a premiere De La Soul record, which mm. I'm excited about. Mm. But like we, we can't tell Nas what we want and what we want to hear next because right. he's a grown-ass man. <laughs> right. But I do love how Nas, and I'm sure it's influenced by his daughter, while he's with different young hip-hop artists on the record. He's having yes. the last couple of records, he's doing stuff with younger yes. And YG's on the new one too as well. Well, I, I agree with you with the with the um, the Kanye produced album. It just didn't have it didn't feel like a fit. But again, there's a fit and a vibe to to artists and produ- and production, right? And yeah. so that one just didn't seem to ebb and flow. And that happens. It's okay. He, like he said, he felt like it was rushed. It seemed like it was rushed. But like in general, when you get the producer that just understands the vibe and has the vision, then it's. Then, I know. then it's brilliant. But it made me feel relieved when I heard him say that. Yeah. Because that was my mental review for the record. Like, sure. Just rushed. Like it, sure. He was just up there in Wyoming and then he was working on his other projects. Because yep. he dropped like four projects right. a year. Well, it's good, it's good that it's good that he, you know, when an artist can come out and say and be honest, then you're like, cool, keep it moving. Yeah. All right, let me give you, let me give you one. Jay Dilla. Okay. You like Jay Dilla? Yeah. Feeling it. The, his, his instrumentals are, I mean, I have a record player at home. I'll put that instrumental on and any day of the week, any time of the day. Just chill, yeah, yeah. And people, be, he's probably underrated because he produced a lot of those so albums stuff, back man. in you know back in the day before he passed. And so I don't think people have a real understanding of his like collection and how many how many artists he influenced. And they had like a Jay Dilla day too. With it. Yeah. What about like West Coast stuff for you? Like West Coast, yeah. I mean, again, I was also I was also on the NWA tip when they came out, right? Of course, like because everybody was everybody was on that. And so that was another group where you're like, yo, that just didn't that didn't really. They only produced what two albums before yeah, they split. Made such an impact, though. So, man. I mean, yeah, it's one of the greatest impacts of music of all time. It's insane. I, I mean, I always only laugh. Two. Holy shit! I, I know. always laughed at like you know, fuck the police and NWA and like they were they were blacklisted from everywhere. And yeah. Then, and you got and you got Ice Cube doing chorus commercials and you got this person I doing know. it and it's like they're like mainstream. You're like, damn. But yeah, Dre for me is <laughs> production wise, yeah, incredible, man, awesome. Awesome. I mean, my son never heard of Ice Cube until he saw him fighting a deer in one of those kids' movies. Yeah. I forgot what movie it was. He's <laughs> like, I was like, that guy's a gangster rapper. He's like, what? Right? He was just a dad in this movie. That was the first time my son saw him. I forgot what the movie was, but uh, that was a big movie. Are we are we there yet? Or one of those yeah, things? Yeah. 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 Gang, gangster rapper turned mainstream. It's Ice, crazy. Ice T, too, though. Ice great T. actor. Oh, my God. Yeah, for sure. Again, there's a lot. So I like, I, I like the West Coast influence, but being from 
being from know, New Jersey, man. there's just so much that you can sink your teeth into. But you got Pac in there too. But Pac is from the East Coast. Yeah, but it, but, it, but it, Pac was in, like Pac was revolutionary. He was I in know. it like that's why he has to go in there lyrically. You know the the stuff he was talking about was just on a you know an early nineties different level. Different level. Different Nobody was level. talking about no, that kind of stuff. No, he was like an art student, like in Manhattan stuff. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about the influence of his mom, and then like, Brenda's got a baby. Like what? Ooh, I'm watching this on MTV. Like this is. This is hip hop. This is crazy. And then he gets super hard. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him once, man. Did was, you? Yeah, I was where? Uh, it's in a book. And I'm gonna show you this book. It's called Who Shot You. It's a okay. hip hop book, but it's a picture of me and House of Pain backstage. It was like a um, maybe Hot 97 show the Palladium, but it was House of Pain, Ice T. It was a crazy show. Yeah. And so we come off stage. I fall. I was on stage at House of Pain. We go backstage. We're all Yo, jump, jump around is my go-to karaoke song. Oh wow! I, yeah. I, I need to see footage of that. <laughs> um, so I'm chilling back there. We all have our shirts. I'm, I'm, I have the most hats at that point. It might be like in the early '90s. Okay. And Ice Ice T comes back, starts talking to the guys, and then Tupac comes in. He's got his hair from mm-hmm. Juice, so the I don't know if it was around that same time. And he walks up to me and he fucking puts his hand like he doesn't touch it. He points at my 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 stomach rocker. Yeah. He's like he's like, damn, you white boys are tatted up. Yo, fuck that shit. That shit looked hard. He had no tats. No way. Because you, you white boys are tatted up. And then he shook my hand. I remember shaking his hand. And he said, what's up to the House of Pain dudes? But I was a, I was a guy in my show. I was right there. I was the first one he came up to. Him. And I met him. And I knew who he was. But I wasn't like a massive fan. I knew I'd get around and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, he was yeah, with yeah. Digital Underground. Yes. So I had that moment where I shook yes. his hand. God, I wish I had a fucking camera back then. Oh, then my God. He said, what up to the House of Pain dudes? He said, what up to Ice-T? And he left. And I was like, holy shit. I was just, but I wasn't like, holy shit. I just knew him. Sure. He wasn't. He was he young came. though, fresh. He before yet, and the next time I saw him, dude, dude, he was fucking tatted up. I was like, it was crazy, it man. It was insane. But it I wish, insane. and I even saw like uh, Esteban. Off, he's talking about the same New York show. He, mm. Yeah, he was with us. talking about Tupac being at a New York show, and if he had a camera back then, he could have got a sick, yeah. sick pick. Because yeah. Esteban was with House of Pain at the time too. Dope, man. But it was this moment, like I can say, I met Tupac. It was this, For but sure. it wasn't the Tupac that people became yes. to yes. know. But he's a great actor as well, man. Juice was juice. Everybody needs to go back and watch Juice. What a movie! It's incredible, man. What he's a incredible. Movie. At, he's that incredible soundtrack at both. too. Yeah. Oh yeah, know the ledge. Fucking know the, Eric know, know One the, the best songs. <laughs> yeah. Baseline. Do, 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 know do, do. know the ledge. Could, I could run through a wall to know the ledge. Yeah. And Eric B. That's another one. I mean, you talk about top five. I know. Yeah, Eric B. For president. I love her. Went from soccer to hip hop. <laughs> but you talk about soccer all the time. Yes. Yeah, so hip hop and tattoos are way better. Oh yeah, and tattoos too. Do you way. have any soccer tattoos? Yeah, I just got one from uh, Dan Smith oh, yesterday. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. That's your first soccer tat? No, I've got I've got Everton, uh, which is my old club, uh, tattooed on me. I think I I think I got a soccer player recently. I'm doing oh wow work, yeah working on this docu series and uh, one of the episodes is you know, tattoo and culture and that kind of thing. And so we, I, I got a soccer tattoo on my leg. So there's a few. I'm de- there's definitely a few. It made me happy. Like it's such a small. Where Dan's like one of my closest friends. Like I told me come on the podcast. Like. Dude, I'm tattooing him tomorrow. I talked to my son. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do you guys know each other? And just, just through the yeah, world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so he, yeah. did, he did cleats on you or yeah, something? Yeah, he did. He, so, you know, he's, he's the, ill with the shoes too. He, yeah, oh, his shoes have become like a little bit of his thing, right? He it did, is. He, he did Air Max on, on you? Yep. So, yes, yeah, so I was like, I don't know. Like, the British culture influence, like, soccer is my thing. So, the, the shoes and the tattoos are his. So he's from like, there too. I know. So, we. Dan Smith, you know, shout out to Dan. He's just like, I mean, you talk about being a 10 out of 10 human being. He's a hundred, man. He's, 100%. he's an amazing guy. His one of his mentors, uh, and, and, and a dear friend of his, Lal Hardy in London, who is one of the godfathers of like the underground punk tattoo scene in yeah. London is a good friend of mine. So 
Man, I went I went over to Dan's shop yesterday and we we're like we, we had connected before and I was just like, let's just chill and and we we probably I think I think I went in there noon. We we didn't start tattooing until one, just sharing stories. <laughs> I and, love that shit. Yeah, man. he's a he's he's a diamond, man. It's good. It's good to connect too, man. Like tattooing just brings people together. You know, obviously yeah. Luke Luke Westman, yeah. dear friend of yours Shout and, to Luke. and mine. And he's just again Sweetheart. it's it's dope when you get good people, man, when you can like Meet good people, share share stories and experiences. Look, sometimes you're gonna throw a couple hundred dollars on the table, pick something off the wall, and get it from somebody you don't know. That's tattoos too. But yeah. when you can connect and and you know, and Dan's shop, that shop. Oh right, my man. god, I could honestly say, no word of a lie, that's the top three dopest, cleanest, raddest studio tattoo studios I've ever been in. Capture man, if you if you get a chance, go. Damn, super dope. That says a lot. Yeah. So you're fully tatted, but now like you, you, you could have tats anywhere you wanted when you're playing soccer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But now that you're on TV, correct? You really can't be getting the fucking. No. You would never get your face. You're too handsome. No, I never get my face. Me either, no, man. No, that, I'm no, too handsome for that shit. Yeah, that's not a thing, man. That's not a thing. It's not for me. It's also look. I one day I don't know when I I, <laughs> I got to keep my hands and my neck clean. But one day, one day I'll get my hands and my and my neck blasted because that's that's dope. But I also think like. Speaking of Lau, Lau Hardy in, in London, he also clowns a lot of like the young cats coming up because he's like, oh, yeah. they got their hands in their, they got their hands in their neck and their face tattooed, but the rest of their body they got nothing on it. And he's like, back in the day, the only reason you went to those places, you know the room, you had no other room, so they're faking. It's tradition, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, People yeah, start the sure. face and the neck first. Nah, it's corny. It's but corny. I was saying to you before, you are just like me because I always swore I would never get my hands <laughs> for years. I only had up to here. I t- had these stupid contracts with my wife, the dumbest <laughs> contract you could ever make with your wife. If you're addicted to tattoos <laughs> and your whole body's covered, I'll never give my hands, baby. I'll never give my hands. And then I just fucking somehow manipulated. I'm sorry, baby. And I just went crazy yeah, on my yeah, fucking yeah. hands because then you're so addicted. You're running out of room. You know, you, know, you ain't trying to do your taint. That's just the last thing you <laughs> ever fucking do. And then I see you. And you're up to like your watch area, and then yep. you, and then you pop it on your throat, yep. just enough to just cover enough. with like a button up Listen, polo or something. When I put that suit, when I put that suit and tie on, I look presentable. <laughs> that's all. That's all I was that just like that though. <laughs> then after that, it's like fuck it. Eventually, I'll get there. But you're, you're, and come, don't do your head either. You got a no, good head. No, no, you have a good head. Never. No, I did my head because whatever. It's in the back, but like you, you got hair. I'm bald, man. I, I I'm trying to tattoo my head. Now some people do. It looks cool, but people be tattooing. Tattoo I know hairlines. I know. I know. I know. So nobody cared about tats during soccer. They didn't give a shit. Nah, it's it's it's, it's become it's part of the culture now. Yeah, nothing. Side, you got the side of your hands. Yeah, I got the side of my hands. Um, Damn. But that's it. I can, you know, um, <laughs> I'm always trying to find like a little plate. Maybe on my finger where I got a ring I could cover up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to with my. So I can't tattoo my wedding ring finger because I could do everything else. But I yeah, have yeah. I have never on mine. And my wife has alone. That's the only finger tats I ever had. Okay. So she I have never. And she has alone under our wedding bands. Nice. But, but I wanted to do something, and then she's like, "I dare you to fucking go over that." Tattoo. <laughs> so I kind of fucked myself with that. <laughs> but like, I'm down. And I'm literally down to the worst area. Like, oh yeah, behind my Johnson. <clears throat> I like, I, that's all I've left. But I will get it done because when I, if I see myself. If I see myself naked or something, I'm like damn, I got little sp- teeny spots I got to fill because know. it's an addiction, dude. It is, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm about ready to start getting some blastovers because yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm running a room, which is cool. Uh, like, I gotta, I got, to, I got started getting tattooed a long time ago, so I got some really bad ones as well. You understand what I'm saying? So like, you I haven't covered anything up or lasered anything. No, I'm getting, I'm getting lasered. I'm getting some laser now. I, I, I lasered one a few years back. Cause I want, I wanted to get a leg piece, so I had to light, I had to lighten one. So that I could get I could get it done over, but I'm yeah I'm, I'm just gonna do some blastovers. I think those are, those are kind of coming back. I love it. They're cool. So I got I got a couple artists that are willing to do that. So the laser shit hurts, man. Yeah, it's quick. But the only problem is it's quick. I don't it mind. It. I don't mind it. So like, 
They have to it, wait, so wait to get tatted over it though, right? Yeah. That's the problem. Is the only problem with laser is you got to wait like six weeks. I just can go every day. <laughs> well, I know. Or go. Yeah, you get a lot of tats when you can. You travel yeah. and get a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your legs are pretty much fucking pulled. Almost, almost. You didn't do your ass yet, though. I, I got some ass tats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got. I, I got too. some. I got some dope ass. Well, the problem with getting tattooed like on your ass cheek, you feel it like in your neck and your yeah. ear. Um, People don't think, but it has so many nerves in there. Yeah. No, I like ass tats are fun. They're for like ass tats are for like two a.m. when you've been drinking some whiskey. And you're like, let's go. Let's just go open up a shop and get. Tatted. So do you do you get you've been tatted a bunch while you while you're buzzing or drunk? Uh, yeah. But like, I don't. You regret you, some of those ones? Nah. Okay. Nah, I don't. I don't have. I I don't have many tattoos I regret, man. Yeah, uh, t- they all tell a story. I I feel the same you know, way. Yeah, unless it's some really dumb shit, <laughs> and then you cover it up. Like, but yeah, you also have dumb shit, and you either just like it kind of blend. When you're heavily tattooed, like I, when you only get one or two tattoos, don't get dumb shit. Get 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 real good. And stuff. how old are you when you start getting tattooed? Sixteen. But okay. if you have a lot of tattoos, they're just gonna blend in and it'll look cool. Were you like the most tatted up guy in soccer back then? Uh, one of, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think so. A lot of dudes have tattoos. A lot though, of right? dudes. A lot of dudes are tattooed. But again, as I said, like, you know, come come mess with me. Like, a lot of people have neck tattoos and face tattoos. But we, you know, you started getting ninety percent of your body covered. You're going to some terrible areas. Terrible. Terrible you areas. Got your ditch. That's no joke either. It's terrible. It's hard. Man. And when you get older too, like, I definitely feel like it's when you get older, it just definitely hurts well, more. Back, back and the, healing too. You back know? of the knee, upper upper back of the leg. It's just some bad spots. I, I almost had to tap out recently. I got it high up in the groin, Ooh, and I was just like, my I, glands get swollen. Yeah, oh, over there. all the time. And I was like, I might have to tap on this one. Really? I didn't, but I almost. You ever get the uh, the cream, the numbing cream? Yeah, yeah. Me too. On my oh, ass. listen, listen. They call the cheetah cream. I had to do it. Though. I don't care. <laughs> I got I, I've got enough tattoos that I've, I've I've passed the test. Like I'm gonna. I feel you. I'm gonna numb when I need to. How about your armpits? Yeah, that, I'm that not on your level. Sucks. I'm not. On your, I will never. Well, Dude, I, never, you can't say that shit. You I know I can't. I, here's why I say never. I can't <laughs> fathom the pain. Like I, I just cannot fathom the pain of getting my armpit tattooed. Yeah, I mean the ditch behind your knee is pretty bad though. That too. that's horrific. Ribs. I, I'd rather ribs in the ditch behind my knee is horrific. I nearly jumped off the table. Damn. Yeah. Um. Here's a serious question. Not really serious because some people answer it. I don't. You have any regrets? Any major regrets? Whew. Anybody who says they don't is crazy. I know. I, 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 of course, I, of course, I do. I don't. But not I, with your career, like not with your. No, no. I, I've. Seems like you fulfilled all your goals. I, 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 yeah, listen, I've, I've failed a bunch of times too, but I wouldn't count those as regrets, right? Like, yeah. I, I, those are those are part of the game. You learn from, like, you learn from your mistakes. You learn from your losses. I think I've learned. I, I always tell people in the sports industry, you don't learn from winning. Winning, winning becomes habitual, and you just, you know, it's like clockwork. You only learn and think about things when you lose when you when you've been downtrodden when you when you like oh, I stumbled and that doesn't feel good how do I correct that yeah winning is just a, a really good feeling yeah so you were never obsessed with like all like gotta win gotta win kind of vibe or yeah I think I was yeah I, I think I was I think I lost you know you lose you lose marriage and friendships and you miss out you know mm, by, by being by being so driven you miss out on weddings and funerals and anniversaries and you know you a lot of athletes have a god complex. I know I did. You 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 end up you end up get getting to a stage where you get so comfortable in that in that realm that you realize you're human and you got to figure some stuff out. Wow. Yeah. And what brings you down? Yeah, what, yeah what, that's what brings you down. Like all the realities of the effects of that, right? Yeah, I of think so. The ego or... I think so. I mean, some people never come down from it. You know, yeah. I, I, I retired from it, got slapped in the face. You know, and it was kind of mm. like I got to find something I love. I got to find some passion because I don't I don't have plan anymore. You know, and and you see a lot of people they turn to different things, and so I never wanted to do that and just try to figure out 
what it was I wanted to do next, what, what, what I was going to be passionate about, what was going to wake me up every morning and drive me. And so, again, I have that. I, like I said, I love television. I love my career, love my children. And that's kind of what that's, that's all I need, you know? So yeah. that's that's been really good. Have you ever got hurt really bad where you thought you couldn't do it anymore? Like the worst you gotten hurt? Like injury-wise? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a couple bad injuries. The good thing about my injuries is... I, once I rehabbed them, I never had any reoccurrence of it. Sick. So, uh, my my three major injuries was I broke my I broke two non weight bearing bones in my back uh, in 2013. Wait, what are those bones? Where are they at? I wish I knew. Uh, <laughs> Low, lower back, gnarly <laughs> man. I, okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, holy cow, you know. Damn. And so, um, finally figured that out. But again, after six weeks, healed, recovered, no surgery, um, and I went again. It was fine. Uh, I tore my calf. That put me out. My calf muscle that tore me out. Uh, put me out like six weeks again rehabbed it no reoccurrence of it and then right at the end of my career probably about two years three years before the end of my career i tore my adductor um what the hell is that yeah my, my tore my groin off the pubic bone oh my yeah, god just shred, shredded it so i had i had that uh, replaced by a brilliant surgeon out here in santa monica and Holy uh shit. rehabbed it and was was stronger than you ever you get the best doctors though and you're yeah, like for sure right for sure yeah so yeah. you tore your groin how do you even do that just it wear and tear old oh age and what then, does that mean as far as like life like pissing or stuff like that just, <laughs> i mean is it catheter shit like that no no oh, no, no, no it was no. good it, it was, i think it's johnny knoxville all the time because he had something really bad with on a on a bowl damn and he was catheter for like a couple years no 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 okay. this is it just we're, damn. I, all that stuff worked and was good it was just <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds super gnarly it just though need, it's need to, the muscle need to be reattached to the bone so wow yeah man. it's painful it's painful and did man. you ever feel like quitting playing something nah never never I had goals, I had aspirations. I was, I wasn't gonna stop. And until. you hit them all. No, I failed sometimes, but like I was still gonna go and achieve as much as I could. And then, like I said, my tank was empty when I finished playing. My tank was empty. I had yeah. no more left. I didn't want, I didn't want to play anymore. I had nothing else to give. I wanted to move on and do something else. And so, I, I don't have like and that. Like I said, I have friends whose career were cut short by injuries. Yeah. Right, who never achieved what they wanted to. I feel bad. You went out where you wanted to go out. Yeah. Hell yeah. But there was never like sometimes like. I wish I could have did that one thing in that one game, and it eats at you and shit like that. Yeah, no. of course, because you get you know you don't win you don't win them all, right? So yeah. you get you get to a final of a major championship or a cup, and you lose. And you're like, gosh, I was I was one moment away from being a champion. And so yeah, you look back on some of those. Yeah. And then what about like what about as far as partying and were you a party guy at all during? Not your life? really. I don't seem like I'm, it, man. Not not crazy. I enjoy partying. I'm not, but like I'm you're not like a drink guy. A drink guy. Yeah, like I like I like a nice whiskey. Just okay. chill. Like I'm not a rager. <laughs> I'm not a rager. That like. I, you were never like that growing up, like no, a party no, kid or nothing? No, never. You know, the other thing is, and maybe some people have crazy stories, but like as an athlete, I was so driven to not mess same, up, not same. screw up, you know, like never gotten to drugs. I've been getting drug tested with, with sports and governing bodies since I was 18 years old. And I was, always, I was always kind of like, I, I so you couldn't even if you wanted to. Right. I, I was always, you know, I have a wonderful <laughs> mother and I'm always like, God, the disappointment if I came home and she was like, wait, wait. So you lost your career because you wanted to smoke weed? Like, yeah. get out of here, you know? So like, you were forced I, to be straight edge. I, yeah, I never, <laughs> I never wanted to disappoint her, right? And I, I, that was kind of the, dri the driving factor. And then once I got into, you know, the, this, the the idea of success and greatness consumed my my thoughts. And so, like, I, mm. it was like, I, I, I ain't screwing it up because, you know. It's amazing you have OCD and Tourette's and you're so fucking focused. Yeah. And that helped, dude. It's... Yeah. Well, you know, it, it helped. In a sense. It helped. Yes, it helped. And there's common sense. You know, it's like these... Like these dudes who make I don't know. They, but you're an inspiration for people who think that it's a roadblock for them, and they can't, they couldn't achieve things. No doubt, no you, doubt. You like I, I mean? said, a voice for the voiceless. That that's yeah. that's my goal. And when I see young kids and they tell me they had a bad day of school, they don't, that, then that that's why I want to I want to be the beacon for them. I, I want I want them to be able to say to their 
classmates like yo look at this dude he's all right he's got a bald head and some tattoos he's like <laughs> he's like semi-cool on certain levels and like he can do it i can do it so like that's that's kind of the goal and the focus yeah is there is there is there like um I guess this might be a silly question. When you're going to have kids, was there a chance they could have? A yeah, kid? yeah, for sure. Okay, there's yeah. like that, that fear. Yeah. Yeah. And so like okay. my son, my son has my son has little glimpses of it, but he he's not anywhere on on that level in terms of um, where I was. I'm, absolutely, it scares the hell out of you when you're you know you're like I'm bring a kid into this yeah. world and they got like I can. The fun thing about parents is you're 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 resilient. You're like I could deal with it, but then when it when it's your kid, it's like, oh, like I, I'm, I'm as tough as I, as I pretend I want to be and tear my. If my daughter scrapes her knee and she's got a bandaid, like I'm gasping for air. I'm like, oh, yeah. we gotta get the bandaid because you got a scrape on your knee, you know. <laughs> so like, I'm terrible at that, but that's how parents are. Isn't it crazy how emo you become? You oh become my god! A dad? Yeah, you're sure. so sick. You have to have like, <laughs> we can look the way we look, but we're fucking crying at silly commercials or like. It's true. It's so crazy how that changed when you become a parent. It's yeah. like having this human in the world. It's a beautiful you know what I mean? thing. It is beautiful, but you get so emo- you get so emotional. Yeah. yeah. Were you an emotional person your whole life? Or not? No, nah, not really. Not really. I, I, you know, I think we all have a tough. You become a dad. It's tough a exterior, but yeah, when you come a dad, you watch the news, you start like, whoa, whoa tearing up. But no, nah, it's it's good, man. It's I, I think it's a good thing to experience, particularly at a young age. For me, you know, it was like I got to grow with my kids. Yeah. One of my questions I asked is, um, you consider yourself a pessimist, or op- optimist? I can see mm. you're. I mean, you're mm. a pretty positive human. Yeah. Oh. Oh. For sure, I am. Um. I like. I like to think I'm an optimist, but I also. I are, also are you a realist? Definitely That's a realist. What my wife calls herself. Definitely. Realist, yeah. Right? I'm. I'm. I'm with her. Okay. I, I'm definitely a realist. Like, I think I allow pessimism to sink in to drive me. If that okay. make. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like. So like, the pessimistic side of me is like I don't want to fail. I don't want to do that. So like. So I, I allow. I allow that to drive me. I, I still have a great outlook on life. When I wake up in the morning, I'm happy. You know. But yeah, I'm definitely a realist. A realist. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So it's like, it, not, like the world's not perfect. No, but I'm gonna do my best on my. To For sure, perfect. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I think yeah. I think in this, like in this day and age, and you know, anybody who, who's had the, uh, I think we'll look at look back on it and say good fortune of living through 2020 because it'll have taught Woo. it'll have taught us a lot of things, and that's kind of like the the real part of it. Like, and that's when we talk about realism. T like living. I lived in England, right. And I grew up there. I was 23 from the age 23 to 36. So I became an adult. And Americans are blinded by America. And we think that we're the greatest country in the world. We might be. And everything's Mm -hmm. perfect here. And then you live outside of the the States and you get a different perspective. And I was trying to tell people like, by the way, I'm American through and through. By the way, I love this country. But guess what? We are so fucked up and screwed up. Like, let's not pretend we're not. And it's okay that we're not. It's okay that we're not. But like, but but in America, we get that we get that a lot. You know, we get, you know, we get like, uh, I live down south, you know, and I get people like, I get people on the back of their truck I have a Confederate flag, an American flag, and I'm like, like I paid a little bit of attention to history class, so let me get this right. The Confederacy didn't want to be part of the United States of America, but now you've got both flags. Like, like it, it, we're so confused at yeah, times, man. you know. So like, it, it's. Internet doesn't we're, help that either. No, the internet doesn't help. So we're screwed up, and and it's okay to be screwed up, but you have to recognize it. Yeah, fuck, that's so true. It's so true. Yeah. I forgot you live in Memphis. Oh wow. man, yeah, it's a trip. So as you come from Jersey too, it's just it's like, a trip. It's it's yeah. Like, how yeah. many years you been there for? You've been a long time. No, well, I, like I said, I lived, I, I played uh, that's right. overseas, I, and so like, all, my off season home has been in Memphis, okay. and so yeah. And why Memphis? I, I, my ex wife is from there, okay, so then, we, that's okay. kind of where we settled. Yeah, where the kids are. That's always been like I said, I've, when I played. And I was playing in the Premier League. And I was playing for the national team. I only had like two weeks off to do, like you know. So yeah. I, I spent most of my time 
outside of there, mostly in England. So, yeah, we we ended up settling there. Well, you have like uh, any daily rituals you do every single day? You have to do it. You meditate, yoga, coffee. Yeah. Coffee for sure. I know. I see you on the coffee oh life. God, what well, working out? I, 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 Every, yeah, sure. I recently, I recently, um, in the last year, started working with a breath coach there in Memphis. This guy, man, he's super, super dynamic, um, Taylor Somerville, and he's, he's just one of the things, particularly with TS, is like figuring out moments to slow down. Like, okay, okay. I feel anxious. I feel hurried i feel a little bit out of control here you know in terms of like my body and my mind like how do i slow this down and having a breath coach has really helped me kind of isolate those moments but again breathing is so helpful <laughs> but <laughs> being able to control the breath helps okay. with so many other aspects right so i used it in that realm but it's it's taken on a life of its own just being able to stop and so there's a part you know when i wake up i try and get it midday and certainly before i go to sleep i just i take them i take Five minutes to sometimes twenty minutes, so it's a form of meditation. But I, you know, okay. I, I go through breath sessions and yes, yeah, breathing and all that stuff. And breathing, yeah, yeah, deep wow. breathing, different versions of breathing. Yeah, I could use some meditation, man. I need some relaxation. Yeah, shit. do you yeah. do it? My wife does it, <laughs> but like not the breathing stuff. I don't. Know, I think that's cool. It's dope. It's dope. It's, it's really helped. It's really helpful, and we. We do, you know, he does cold plunges, so you're under, you know, you're up to your neck in, in ice water. I want to do that too, is that's really good for you, Yeah, huh? it's great, fire and ice, man, like hot, cold, and yeah, he does it, and he does, you know, uh, workouts in the pool with weights, so you're at the bottom of the pool, you're weighted wow. down, and you're, you're breathing through it, so it's, you know, it's figuring out how to hold your breath, it's great, man, he's awesome. I've been seeing lots of my friends doing the, going the sauna, then going to the ice thing. Oh, yeah. And, and, and how is that helpful? Well, your it's, body. it shock your body. It, it's it, well, it, it certainly shocks your body, but it gets you know it gets the and your endorphins. It's it's a, it's an endorphin that gets okay. your blood flowing, pumping. You know, hot and cold helps with that. So, you should try. I want to try it bad, man. I've been trying to find a place in LA. I'd love to go do that. Definitely. I'm sure there's some spots. Have you ever? I tell you what. Have you ever? Have you ever done a float tank? No, man. I want to do that Yo, too. Yeah, I'm gonna put you on to okay. it. Okay. When I was in Denver, it's a it's a float. It's trippy, man. It's like, it's. Is there somewhere you inside something? You're in a pod. Yeah, you're in. a Claustrophobic. Well, you, you, do, you can you can do like an egg pod, or you can do like an actual. I they call the it like pod. a cabin, so it's a little bit bigger. Okay. All right, you don't have to be in an egg pod, and you just float, man. It's magnesium salt water. You sit there, butt ass naked, just floating, like, <laughs> but for ninety minutes. Okay. Which is crazy because it's a it's a sensory sensory deprivation, right? So yeah. no, you can put sound on, but there's no sound, no light. You're just floating. Wow. Yeah. You don't talk about being with your own thoughts, but but again, you're drifting in and out of consciousness. You get claustrophobic in that shit, or no? Nah, you good? I'm out full, right asleep, chilling. Damn. And then the light pops on, and you're like, "That wasn't 90 minutes. It's amazing how quickly time so goes by." So, what's that do for your body? Being the magnesium is it just well, magnesium's fantastic yeah. for you. You know what I'm saying? And so, obviously, the salt water as well, it's, and it helps reset your circadian rhythm because you said your circadian rhythm works every 90 minutes, right? And so, okay, it's uh, I used to do it in Denver all the time. I haven't really found a place steady enough in my in my my current world but yeah if you can do it out here i'll find you a place please man. i'll find yeah, you a place i'd love to do that it's still are you still a nike athlete yeah oh yeah still wow nike, that's like man. a dream and like i wanted to go, my dream is always to go <laughs> to the oregon spot oh my god oh my god you got to go to campus bro i have like swooshes on my feet i got five nike tats that's my shit my whole life yeah, like, yeah. i heard it's like a it's like wizard of oz type it's, shit over there dude it's brilliant like i every time i go i've been there a bunch because obviously i've been with them for 20 some odd years wow and every time i go i'm like I'm like, oh yeah, it is. It's it's like a magical land, man. Nike's crazy. It's so even, dope. So even when we retired, you're still with them. Still with them, yeah. So I signed wow. right at the back end of my career. I signed an, uh, another eight year contract with them. So yeah, I'm doing some ambassador stuff and, you know, Nike's Nike oh, through and through. Wow, twenty years with them. Twenty at least. No, I was, since I was eighteen, so twenty four years. 
That's like a crazy dream, dude. That's something like my, kid, my kids love it. My kids love the oh, free kicks. Oh, they get laced up. <laughs> free kicks. They're probably like, yo, I want these shoes. Oh, listen, drop it tomorrow on the yeah, app. Oh, Can you get them on the app? That's my daughter for That's sure. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Damn, you're the you're, so the dad like you're the plug. I am the plug. Wow. I try, I try, listen, I try and tell my kids all the time so how cool shit I am. You can't get from Nike, though. I know. Oh no, that's that's the crazy thing about the sneak about the sneaker culture. Dude. Some of it they're not even producing. Are you you're a big sneakerhead too, right? I like it, man. I love it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I see you rocking those off white Converse. Those are sick for sure. But the problem the problem where sneakerheads would slap me because <laughs> like because you wear your shit. Yeah, I don't care about creases. I don't care about getting them dirty. Like that's not my thing. And people like sneakerheads right now are cringing listening to me. But like I like getting dope stuff and then rocking them and wearing them. Of course. You know what I mean? And like. I don't know. There's something about that too, which makes it feel like you know, those are those are worn in. They're broken in. There like is that. something going on with the culture now that I can show you on the way out. My kids are wearing their Air Force Ones till they're dead, like right. holes in them. They're, yeah, you yeah. never do that in New York. No, you keep that shit crispy, like, crispy, <laughs> crispy. So my son's wearing these beat up Air Force Ones. I, <laughs> I sent a picture to like one of his uncles in New York. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, right, right, that's, right. That's the style kids want to do that. Wear it to the beach. Yeah, all that. a lot of a lot of it's a lot weird. of girl, the, the girls now are wearing yeah. baggy jeans and Air Force Ones. It's like such a it's East such a coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I'm not gonna give him credit for it. I think the Kardashians started rocking the white on whites. I Probably. want to say, I don't know. Probably. There's something, somebody big in that world started doing that yep. and brought it back. Because it was never like on the West Coast like it is now. That, dude, it's that, it's dude, every that, kid's outfit is white on whites. Like that's the official outfit for, for girls now is baggy jeans and air, white Throw Air Force One. Crispies, yeah. And they, call, and they call those uptowns, if you're from the East Coast, yeah. those are called uptowns, yeah. Air Man, Force One. Kids out there have no idea. If you're like, you're uptowns, they'll be like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. You're rocking them. <laughs> Did you watch the Jadakiss? Did yes. you watch Dip? It was yeah, we, didn't even, we didn't even mention him in the top five. Oh, shit. Top five, Daryl Live is a great record, too. Dude, it, it was such an incredible thing to watch, and one of my friends was there at the spot, and I was texting, and then like just the highlights and just watching Jada Kiss take over the whole thing. And oh, Jada's it nice. It was insane. Jada's nice. But like, he, he should have got his flowers a long time. Like, people should have been known he is amazing, but now it's just like, holy shit. Ages 200%, ago. his numbers went up on all streaming platforms, everything. Like I'm so happy for the dude. Yeah, like it was yeah. incredible, man. He 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 ripped it. But again, so it, professional. His 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 flow, his delivery. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's got a place and a moment in time. He's so good. So but just good. like you said, you see Nas wearing camo or whatever. It's Timbo's. Yeah. Jada Kiss had camouflage shorts on. Ah. And Timberland's brand new. He was just fucking ready. Yeah, dude. he was flowing. He wasn't over the top iced out. He was just there nah. for the lyrics and yeah. just seeing Fat Joe in the crowd and like. Fat Joe has a great video on YouTube where he breaks it down being there mm -hmm. and all the different cats and people who were there and like he was on the camera with his mask fidgeting trying <laughs> to sing along and then his part came up in the New York song and everybody yeah, looked at him and he yeah. wanted to go on stage but he was wearing really expensive outfit. <laughs> it's so funny. I love Fat Joe. It's so funny. But like, Joe's that was like such a New York moment. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. goosebumps. Yeah. It was That's so wild but it was so like it, incredible. It, it's nice seeing shows in these big arenas but I mean for me Every now and again, like I said, we'll go back to my my original story about the Fuji's. Fuji's like, in the club, you, you remember? You, like, I, like I, I've seen, I've, I was living in Denver, I saw a bunch of people at Red Rocks, which is an amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. But like, I'm I'm sitting there watching Leon Bridges, Chris Stapleton. Leon Bridges is dope, by the way. Um, okay. At at Red Rocks with like all these people, and you're like, I, I just need to be in like a smoky club, chilling, listening to this, because like that's mm -hmm. what the, that's how beautiful the music is. Even though it was Madison Square Garden, they, they scaled it down, so it did yeah, look yeah, kind of yeah. intimate. Yeah. But the crazy shit at the end was like all their different their friends were on the stage. They wouldn't get off the stage at the very end. <laughs> and Cameron's like, "Yo, get off the stage! You're gonna cut our set. We got three minutes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're not supposed to be up on stage. We're all good. Like they were hugging. Yeah, yeah. But it was just it was uh, this. What came out of that is incredible. Mm -hmm. Now they're doing shows together. Yeah, doing tour. yeah, yeah. 
But it was versus put some people on, man. I know. I saw one today that like the next one should be Mary J. Blige and Mariah Ooh. Carey. Ooh. That'd be so Jay Z Nas, dude. <laughs> they could sell out Madison. I Madison I remember yo, I remember Summer Jam when they were beefing, but yes. Mar- Mary J. Woo wee. Mary J's incredible. Amazing, Her new man. documentary is yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a real one. I know, she's man. She's a I real love one. Such a big influence in so God. many artists. Like yeah. and she's still like She's living her. You know I mean, what I mean, you know, you talk about Jersey right now. Uh, she might be in 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 Jersey or from Jersey. Listen, let me Naughty tell you something. Naughty by nature, so many good Jersey. Naughty by nature. Uh, I, you know, I think you talk about Jada not getting his flowers. Yeah. Mary, for as dope as she is, and for as popular as she is, she also might not really have gotten her flowers yet because, like, she's she's one of the realists. I mean, the doc, her doc's mm. incredible. Mm. But like, I'm so happy for Jada Kiss, and so many people posting about it, and even on the live stream, every single hip hop. Icon was commenting oh, yeah. on you the can't thing. Not, like, you can't not. He was so good. But then at the end, the hugs and all the love was just—it was a real battle. But he—he he was like so. He was like it was focused. Yeah, freestyle, he did everything, laser man. focus, man. So that—that that was an incredible moment. Dope. I love that we talked about hip hop mostly saying tattoos. That's all that matters. Because people know you for the <laughs> soccer. They know yeah, your yeah. story. They can yeah. go Google and see Wikipedia and all that stuff. Um, I really appreciate you being. I'm trying. To, I think I covered everything. Let me say. I think we got. I think we got it all, man. It's great. Man. I'm so happy to have. It. We've been talking about this forever. So what? So I know you're on NBC, correct? Yep. 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 NBC Sports. So what exactly is that show? What is your? And what is that on? Well, it's on. If you got to get up early on the West Coast. It's uh, you know, we're on Saturday. Well, mostly Saturday, Sunday mornings. Every Saturday, Sunday okay. morning, and then every now and again Fridays and Mondays. It just depends on the schedule. But we're covering English Premier League. Everybody loves it. Chelsea, Man United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, everything. All the best teams. I mean, the whole league. But, you know, everybody knows those teams. Yeah. yeah that, does that, I mean, you've been a professional person your whole life in sports. Mm. But it's a different level when you're on NBC and you're... Of course. All that stuff. It's, a, it's MB, like real shit. Listen, NBC is, NBC is a brilliant company. I, I have one of the most amazing producers, um, you know, in all of sports, Pierre Moussa. He is, okay. he is hands down... You know, when you work for he, he he'll let you know you're not going to fail when you work for him. He's brilliant, and okay. so yeah, I love it. Like I said, I'm I'm in love with the journey. I'm in love with the show and the people. You know, Robbie Musto, Robbie Earl, Rebecca Lowe. That's my team. Um, they're just they're, again ten out of ten. So and how long have you been doing that for now? So so I worked with them when I was living in England. So I did that for that's right for two years. But then obviously I was I was done playing over there, and then. I I worked last season and okay. I'm back on this season, so hopefully it's a nice long journey because it's I, I absolutely I, yeah you I, love, I love it right it, yeah yeah shit well thank you so much but this is great we I mean we covered most of your soccer people that know him Tim Howe you can find him everywhere on social media is it Tim Howe one Tim Howe one yeah and then this Amazon doc I'm really excited about I'm man, t- man I'm stoked and I, have you started doing stuff for that yeah yeah so we 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 got a screenwriter we're you know we're He's putting it together, and and I'm obviously part of that process is getting, helping him you with fact, be super hands on right? fact yeah. checking, and yeah, yeah. And I it's gonna be crazy sitting in a theater watching watching somebody play my life, you know. Well, but I'm like, gonna play you, I don't man. know, I don't know. Is I hope, there somebody you would love to play you? If you could <laughs> pick somebody to play you, God, that's a tough one, I man. I, play you, I don't man. know. It was, I was young, so hopefully it's someone oh, yeah. strong. Big shoulders. Nah. <laughs> I wonder who's going to be though, man. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Get get you know. We'll we'll see what I, happens. I'm surprised it wouldn't be like a thirty for thirty in ESPN too. That's pretty cool too. They they just yeah. Well, I mean maybe we'll see. <laughs> That's so cool, man. That's still, exciting, man. I'm, I mean I'm so excited. And to you're see still it. young. Dude. You're like in your forties. Yeah, like, forty two, man. Yeah, forty two. Why? How old are you now? Fifty one. Wow, man. doing it. 
Trying, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Right, I'm gonna get those hand tests and neck think, tests before I'm 50. You got good hands though, too, though. <laughs> I think you're gonna. I think next time I see you, you're gonna have something that's. Gonna I won't. Be, I won't. But okay. I'm gonna. But but because someday in your life you get listen, before you're 50. Right. Here's the thing. I'm not gonna nickel and dime because when I go neck, when I when I when I get my hands and my fingers and my neck big. tattooed, it's gonna be big and bold and brazen. So. And you probably thought Stay about tuned. what you want too. You of course, probably, man. What you want? Your course. knuckles. Everything. Your knuckles is so Kn- like knuckles. Everything. All of it. Damn. We're going there. All right, Tim. Thank you so much for being this. Toby, great appreciate combo. you, bro. Learned so much about you and everything you do for uh, the Tourette's community yes. and OCD. Yes, it's yes. so huge, man. It's so you, using your platform, and everything you've done to help kids know that they can they can make it and they can do what they believe. Like they can believe in themselves and do what they love. Yeah, and have that. You know, no what I'm doubt, saying? like you're living proof. I appreciate respect because I didn't even knew you had it. <laughs> you turned right yesterday. Um, all right, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Hello, Mr. Howard. It's Mr. Morris. We are back on the phone now. You're back home safely. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. I was, I, two things I'd like to ask you. How do we meet? How do we meet? Is it through Luke? <clears throat> it was through Luke, for okay. sure. Okay. I was trying to figure out when yeah. and where that happened. Uh, it was We met on the corner, right? I was getting tattooed in this shop. You were, to, like, you were somewhere, some filming. We met up at uh, you, your son and your homies, and you were like at some show. That was getting filmed, and we met at the Dream Hotel right there on the corner. That's right. That's right. Right. Okay. Where, where were you? Where were you? Where were you? And this was in L.A., right? Yeah. Damn, I don't fucking know. And then I didn't tattoo you. I met you at the hotel, and I drew it on you, and Luke did it. I, you drew it. Okay. You drew it, and then, yeah. And it's and it's one life one chance, right? It's OLC. Yes. Sick. Okay. I can't believe we missed that, man. Dude, I when you said it, I was like, what the hell are we doing? Because we're talking about all your tattoos except for the one that I fucking freaking drew on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, okay, I was awesome. Like, Wait. Yeah. Was it like 2019 or something? Yeah, 2019, yeah. Dang. Okay, cool. I was like, I don't remember tattooing. I remember drawing it, but. Yeah, you drew it. You drew it. You drew it. I got to tattoo you one day, though. I got a heavy hand. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I fucking, I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> All right, awesome. Good. I just want to get this on recording because yeah, I remember like did I tattoo him? I drew it on him, and then and then meeting you. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm pretty positive it was Luke Westman for sure. Shout out to Luke Westman. Um, all right, awesome. That's good. I think we have everything on record now. Um, nice. Super appreciate you, man. All your positivity, your inspiration, everything you do in the world, and uh, to make it a better place. And so happy to have you on this podcast. Finally, you know, bro. It's it's a honor and a pleasure. One I look forward to when you. When you tattoo me with a heavy hand, I'll make sure it's the tiniest, tiniest of tattoos in, <laughs> not, in a not-so-shitty place. Yeah, maybe do like a little PMA or something. I don't know, something. Who knows, man? Oh, yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do that. All right, awesome. I'm man. down for that. Well, glad you're home safe with your fam, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see you again soon, brother. Thanks, thanks so thanks, much. Thanks, brother. Let's do it. All right, man. Take you're care. The best. Bye. Peace. Hey, y'all. Liquid Death's been so kind to give me a promo code. So for your first purchase on liquiddeath.com, go to liquiddeath.com slash OLOC, and you get a free set of koozies with your first purchase of H2O, still or sparkling. Uh, If not, you can try it also at Whole Foods or 7-Eleven. Use the promo code OLOC for your first purchase of Liquid Death. Thank you, Liquid Death, for your support. Appreciate you so much. Murder your thirst. H2O saves lives, y'all.